This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of Press One for Nick. Your host, Nick Limsdahl, is the Director of Contact Center Solutions at VDS. Through conversations with customer service and customer experience leaders, Nick and his guests exchange insightful stories, best practices, and invaluable lessons they have learned along the way. Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Limsdahl. My guest this week is Christine McHugh. Christine is an executive coach, consultant, and former Fortune 200 leader with hands-on experience, including 27 years at Starbucks. As a coach, she partners with leaders looking to scale their organization, bring a wealth of experience in strategic planning, operations, and cultural development. She is a president of the board for the Green Apron Alliance, among others, uh, and she's also a global nonprofit for organizations uh, at alumni, which is the Green Apron Alliance. So welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. Thanks for having me, Nick. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, you and me both. So the first question I have for every single guest is, what's one thing people might not know about you? You know, I wrote a book and it's a memoir. So people are, who've read it are going to know a lot about me. So I had to think really hard about this question because, <laughs> you know, it talks about where I was born. And so I think outside of, you know, little habits of mine, I think one thing people might not know about me, especially because I've written a book about my life, is that I'm an introvert naturally. And I get my energy from within and I like spending time by myself. It doesn't mean I don't like being around other people because community is really important to me and I enjoy the social aspects of that, but they might not know. They might think I'm an extrovert because I do things like podcasts. I write books. I get on LinkedIn. I belong to a lot of organizations, but actually I'm an introvert. It's so interesting. So when you are by yourself, what is your go-to? Like, how do you re-energize yourself? Is it, is it reading? Is it meditating? Is it doing something else? Um, cook. I love to cook. And, um, I love to read books and I like to do jigsaw puzzles. So it could be probably one of those three things, but I, as much as I hard charging, have a lot of energy and, and do take on a lot of different things. I really do like my downtime. So when I have downtime to recharge, you can find me in the kitchen or with a good book or the puzzle, or maybe being doing all three at the same time. That is intense. You should have a live stream of you doing all three at the same time. That'd be amazing. I would watch it. <laughs> so let's talk about something that we're both uh, fired up about. The first one I want to talk about is is running. So how did you get into running? Have you always ran? Uh, what's your story on that? No, I, I didn't have an always ran. I was a late bloomer runner. I didn't start running till my early 40s. My son, who's in college now, uh, when he was in elementary school, he participated in an after-school program that was uh, building up to do a 5K race. And when they got to the end of the program and they were gearing up to do the 5K, and it was an official 5K, it was a real, you know, produced race, I thought I might as well, you know, sign up for it too. Because if my 10-year-old, I think he might have been 10 at the time, can do it, like, why can't, you know, why can't I or can I go support it? And that was the start. So I was inspired by him. And I started doing a little bit of running, mostly on the treadmill in the gym. I, I didn't, I was scared to run outside. I just didn't know how I was going to handle the elements or the variability of terrain and all that kind of stuff. And I realized that I enjoyed it. And then it was probably quite a few, few years later, I actually found a running group. And that really was where um, I started really getting into it. But yeah, so I was inspired by my son. 
Wow. That's pretty awesome that most people will stop running around <laughs> that time and say, I no longer want to do it. But it, it's interesting that you took that first initial step because of your son and, and you haven't stopped since because you're, you're now running and, and running, but, um, and you probably get the Forrest Gump calls out, uh, call out, it says you're, as you're running, like we all do. But, yeah. um, yeah, I think it's, it's always interesting to, to talk with, with fellow runners of, of what they're up to. And I think we can have a full podcast of, of just about running and, and, and geeking out about that. But, yeah. uh, you know, one, one other thing that we're both, uh, have had experience in or excited about is also customer service. So from your perspective, how do those two align uh, with each other? Yeah, that's such an interesting question because I never drew the parallels before. And so I kind of had to dig a little bit deep and like, what is a parallel between like distance running and customer service? And, you know, I think they both start with goals, you know, and the goal in running could be a distance goal, a pace goal, frequency goal. It could be, I don't know, you know, miles goal. I'm not sure. There's usually people run a goal for wellness, you know, it could be that sort of thing. And in customer service, you have goals too that are usually around making customers happy, satisfied so that they come back. So I think there's a goal element. I also think there's a community and service element, at least for me, for running and customer service. So in running, you know, my big why I enjoy running is I really value my running community and how we care for one another. And I think the same in customer service. I mean, the spirit of customer service is taking care of other people and helping them and helping them solve problems. And so there's this opportunity to, you know, be of service to one another that I, for me, running is, um, that does that for me with running, but also in customer service. And I think the other piece. The other thing I can think about is um, there's a continuous learning element to both running and customer service. So in running, you're learning a lot about your body and what it's capable of. And when you have obstacles and you're problem solving and um, what are you learning about yourself and what works and what doesn't work. And customers, if you're really listening to your customers, that's a continuous learning too. Like how do you make yourself better? How do you... Um, you know, evolve your organization to really deliver on your customer service promise. And if you're really paying attention to what's happening with the customers who are coming into your organization and or, you know, in the macro landscape and learning from that, then you can, you know, that will help you towards those goals I was talking about at the beginning. So those are a few few things that came to mind. Um, but I'm probably sure others will pop up over the course of the next week or so as I think about that question more. <laughs> Come back to me and, and shoot me a note. Say, oh, at Yeah, three, I was there. like, oh, what about this one? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's great. You know, I think distance runners or, or marathon runners um, or ultra marathoners, they are always focused on the long game. And I think that is a lot of the similarities mm -hmm. that you can play with customer service too because you're not just going to say, I want to make this this customer's day today but you want to keep them mm -hmm. consistently over the lifetime of that, mm -hmm. of that, uh, hopefully that customer lifetime value is 20 years instead of just 20 minutes. And mm -hmm. the same is true with running, right? You, you want to continue to play that, that long game, but you know, for you from your time, cause you, you, uh, were in a very successful organization and a very large uh, customer service department. So 
how important was it for you to focus both tactically, tactfully and strategically um, on that long game? Yeah, I mean, I think for both running and customer service, you have to do both because strategically, to your point, is the long game. Where are you going and why are you get and, and why are you going there? So where are you going? Why are you going there? And then how are you getting there? But you can't lose sight of those micro decisions and you have to be mindful in those short term, nearer term tactics that either are going to get to that you know, vision, that long game, or potentially derail you from, from getting there. And, um, you know, I think, you know, in customer service, my, my last corporate job, uh, when I was the VP of customer service at Starbucks, you know, really we had a customer service strategy and we had big ambitions and goals. And I still listened to customer calls every day on my way into work. Right. And if a customer was frustrated with something or, the agent needed some extra support and helping to solve the problem. Like those are things I also had to make sure we take care of now, because if we don't, those things can compound and then you're not going to get to that end game. And I think it's the same in running, right? Like I actually training for my first ultra right now. And that means every day I need to do my prehab and make sure I'm stretching and foam rolling. Those are the little things, you know, that if I don't do them now, then when that ultra comes and is, and hopefully I can come out of that feeling, my body feeling strong and um, that it can t- t- take that challenge. But I have to be mindful of those little decisions I'm making every day between now and then. So, but remembering the why. So part of that big picture, that strategic is really, as I mentioned, is really about understanding your purpose. Like where are you going and why do you want to go there? Whether it's running or creating amazing customer experiences. Yeah. It's so, so interesting. Um, there should there should be a, another conversation just on the parallels of customer service and and uh, and, and running, but because there's there's going to be so many times like how do you prep before? How do you have that uh, the training? Because there's going to be tra- times when you're training and you feel drained, and there's going to be times where you're running a really hard interval or uh, uh, a, a run that you don't want to run, and, and you're trying to figure out why, what's going on. And I think the same is true with customer service is there's going to be times that maybe you don't understand your why, or maybe you're just run down because you're taking, you're getting bombarded by calls instead of having people focus on self-service or, or there's been a bunch of layoffs. So now you're having to take more of that and you're just getting depleted. Um, you know, the one thing I didn't really talk a little bit with, with you prior was where's that mental game, uh, both in customer service and, and in customer uh, and in in uh, running. What was the question? What is the mental? What did you, you say? Like your 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 mindset and and mentally, because it's not running specifically. Isn't just about running. It's is how do you keep this this thing that your neck uh, is holding up correct and and right and convenient and and positive uh, consistently over time and and over that race because you can play that that mind game. Uh, oh, I'm not feeling good. I should just quit. Uh, and I yeah. think in, in customer service, it's, you can play some of those similar mind games. Yeah, I definitely, you know, you're making me think about customer service and you talk about, you know, customer contacts. People, customers don't contact you at a customer contact center unless they have a problem. People almost never call you to say, I had an amazing experience at your location or with your product. And I just wanted to tell you that <laughs> is like this. So you have to have that like resilience, Right. 
to be able to kind of like take that on um, and to your point, like figure out how are you going to navigate through that um, with solutions orientation, positive problem solving and not like let it just weigh you down. But I do think you have to give yourself grace when you do come up those tough times too. I mean, that's real, right? It's more like how how long do you let yourself wallow in that? And then how do you kind of pivot to a place of like, you know, optimism, I guess is probably the best word. Um, it's interesting. So I, I have a very recent story. So a month from a running related story. So a month ago, I completed my sixth mar- full marathon and my training went awesome. Um, and I felt really strong and I had some goals for it. But I was also just kind of going to just see how it goes. Um, but the few months lead, the only thing that happened is a few months leading up to the marathon, I started having an increased frequency of exercise induced asthma. And, um, but not to a point where there was a pattern, you know, sometimes I do hard runs, I'd be fine. Sometimes I do easy runs and it would come up. So there wasn't really a clear pattern. And so going into race day, um, I just didn't, you know, it didn't cross my mind that that could be a potential um, barrier for me. And it was at mile five. And I was going at a pace that I could easily go run right now, right? And not, it wasn't like I was pushing and so out of breath, but I could feel uh, that something wasn't right in my breathing, even though I had taken my inhaler. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep going a little bit. I'm just going to see how this feels. And I got to mile seven, which was a hill and that didn't make me feel any better. And then I came down on the other side and I was like, okay, I'm definitely not feeling good. I think I'm just going to kind of go with the way I feel. Um, and then about like mile, must've been like sometime mile 13 or 15. I was like, I'm not feeling good. Like my whole body. And it wasn't like sore from running. And it wasn't, it was just like, I felt really like I was having trouble breathing. I felt really achy. I just didn't feel well. I don't know how to describe it. So I told myself, okay, what are my options right now? This is literally going through my head. This was not my race day plan, which I had one, but this was, I was like, okay, either I can keep pushing myself um, and really just see, you know, hopefully nothing will happen to me physically. I can drop out of the race um, or I can just dramatically slow down and see if that actually makes me feel a little bit better. And I decided to do the dramatically slow down to see if that would make me feel better. And it did. And I was going, though, probably three minutes slower than what I'm capable of per mile. But I was just like, what am I going to do? Like, I had to kind of go through that in my head and figure out what is it that I need and what am I trying to accomplish, um, even with all of those obstacles. And I, and I was in a beautiful setting. I was on the California coast. I was literally, the route went along the beach. And all I had to do is like change my mindset of like, here I am on the ocean. There's beach, there's people, there's surfers, there's runners. Like, this is so blessed that I am here and I'm actually able to move my body. Yes, I wasn't achieving my original, what I thought I could do from a time perspective, but it didn't matter. I just had to like shift what it was I was hoping to get out of this experience. And I shifted it to like, I want to finish. And hopefully my body won't be so compromised that like I won't be doing any long-term damage. Um, or And I want to enjoy the moment that I'm in. So fairly long story, but it's just such a recent story for me. Um, and I've since gone to the doctor twice and they actually um, uh, have changed my course of treatment 
for my asthma and I haven't had any issues since then. So that gives me hope too, that, you know, the next time I choose to do a race, you know, maybe it'll be different because I've had, you know, a a new medication that will help me breathe better. So I think it's good though, that you in the moment, because it's not always easy, but in the moment you decided to change your mindset that I needed to finish. I need to hit a personal best or personal record. And instead saying, I need to figure out what's going on with my body. Let's talk about priorities. And then let's, let's take a minute to look around about what I can do and what I get to do. And I love that because in customer service, you can, you can rightfully mope about every interaction that comes your way. Uh, or you can choose to decide that um, you can control the things that you can control. And when you do that, and uh, I was talking to, to John O'Leary, uh, uh, another guy at a, a guy out of St. Louis, and he's got a great story too, but he was talking about how he gets to instead of how he has to. And I love the similarities between that. You know, when it comes to, for you, it seems like you, you have, with racing and running, you, you have a plan. Everybody should have a race plan and at least uh, at a high level. But um, how about for you personally? How, how much, how important is personal development for you? In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, How do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your clients' pain points, business outcomes, and goals. Then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. Yeah, you know, it's as I'm getting into my later years in life, <laughs> you know, midlife, I think like earlier in my life and earlier in my career, you know, I was much more task focused, much more thorough planner, you know, definitely goal oriented. I'm still all of those things, but I've given myself grace to kind of be flexible with how I want to go about it and what's going to be important to me in, in that moment. And when it comes to personal development, like earlier in my career, because I'm such a voracious learner, um, and I still am. I just it's changed and what that means to me. So earlier in my career, it was a lot of reading, a lot of formal mentors, and we didn't have podcasts back then. <laughs> so, um, you know, it might be going to conferences, those types of things. And now, like personal development is important to me, but it's more through the lens of self awareness. And what is it about myself, how I'm behaving, how I'm feeling, and what can I learn from that that will bring um, more joy, more productivity, more presence in my life? So it's still there for sure, personal development. And I still, you know, read things and explore things, but it's like how I'm doing it is very shifted. And then I also really glean a lot from others um, like you, right. And having a conversation with you helps me learn. And that is, a, I consider conversations like this, a big part of my personal development too. So 
it's always been a part of who I am. I think it's just taken a different form factor as I've gotten a little bit later in life. Yeah, I love that. It's not just about constantly learning and growing and developing, regardless of where you're at or what position you are in, uh, you can always improve. And if you have that mindset of that, I, I've made it, <laughs> instead of saying, man, I really can learn from this episode or I can learn from this book or I can learn from this person talking. Uh, you have a different mindset where you're constantly learning and kind of soaking in and being that sponge. Um, and it, it's so important. But, you know, when it comes to uh, giving back, because uh, now you have all of this knowledge that you've accumulated over from from others uh, and uh, how are you giving that back and how are you serving others uh throughout the, the knowledge that you've received? Well, there's a, there's a piece of that that kind of plays into my business. And then there's a piece of that that's part of just my personal life. And, um, you know, in my business, I, I've chosen to work with small to medium-sized organizations that are going through a lot of change and transition because I want to be able to, you know, help them make a positive impact on their employees and their communities and their customers. And have them benefit from the experiences that I've had, right? So that is definitely why I focus on like emerging organizations, you know, CEOs that are founders or leaders that are founders and organizations, because I, I love, I'm so energized by the visions that they have for the organizations and also feel as a great opportunity for me to, to help them and bring in my experience. Um, so that's from the work perspective, from the personal perspective, it kind of plays out in a lot of different ways. One is, um, and this is kind of work-related, but I really try and stay open to connecting with people and meeting with people. So that's a crossover sometimes between personal and professional and helping them and offering them advice and perspective if that's something that they are looking for, um, especially around career. I get a lot of my friends even just like calling me for more career type advice. It seems to be a popular topic these days. Um, and then, you know, that also happens in my running group. Like I'm service to the people in my running community um, and I'm service to the food bank I volunteer at every Friday. Um, and I'm a service to the two nonprofit boards I sit on because that is an opportunity for me to bring my experience. Now the food bank is a selfish thing because I just love doing it. I don't actually know other like how they're benefiting from my experience, but they're benefiting from my passion and my, you know, my hardworking nature because it's a hands-on experience. But um, I love that. It's like the highlight of my week. And working for myself gives me the flexibility to be able to kind of set my schedule and do that on Fridays. So, but those are a few different ways. They're really just trying to be open to helping people make connections and, and um, you know, serve them in the way that um, I can, where I can add value. Because I'm definitely not an expert or skilled at everything. No way. <laughs> so, but the things I am, happy to share. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's interesting that you said when it comes to Fridays is when you go out and, and, and serve others. And you're like, I selfishly love that. And you found something that you're passionate about, but they also need your passion. And uh, I, I would encourage others to find that for them uh, because it, it seems like it's really energizing you regardless of how much of an introvert you are. 
you're still super fired up about showing up and, and serving others because you're, you're getting just as much out of it. Oh, I love it. It's like I said, it's a highlight. So we have, um, so I have like my shift mates from the food bank, people who work mostly the same shifts I do. And we all have gotten to know each other over the last few years. And we're all so different from each other. We like live in different communities. We do different things for work. If people are working, um, we have different backgrounds. Like I've developed friendships in that way. So there's this like service to the actual clients who come in and are, you know, collecting food. And then there's the, sur- you know, the sur- opportunity to, you know, be of service to, um, to the, my teammates, one of which like just two quick examples, one of which has now become a cycling friend of mine. And the other one I've interviewed for a blog that on uh, my blog, like, it's just like, those are connections that, um, this experience has afforded me. So very grateful. The thing that you've mentioned three or four times now is the word community. And I think it's interesting. You talked about your, your running community at the very beginning. You talked about your, your shift mates and other people. So what does, what does community mean to you? Oh, wow. That, that, that question is so broad. I have to think about that, what community means to me, because, you know, there's, what does it do for me? Um, is one element. And what does it mean to me? I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about what it means for me as an opportunity to be of service to one another. I think that's what community means to me. And, and it shows up in my life in a lot of different ways we've talked about. I think what it does for me is it helps um, me personally have a sense of belonging um, and develops relationships. Uh, it also um, provides an opportunity to uh, get help from others and to help others. And, um, that strengthens the broader community. So there is something around being in, whether it's running community, the shift community. Um, I mean, those are my, or the food bank community. Those are my two main like communities. I'm not as involved, like in my local residential community, um, or in some broader citywide endeavors, Although I guess through the service of my nonprofit boards, I am really helping and, and wanting to be a part of community and learning from communities. So I think it's around um, when communities are healthy, you know, then people are healthy and, and people and, and communities can thrive. And part of that health is, is derived from people who care and that want to help and support one another to make their lives or their environment a better place. So that's probably what it distills down to, but that's a good, good question. I'll probably have to do some more thinking and writing on. <laughs> Sounds like a blog post on your. It does. Your next I know page. you. I've got a list of potential blog posts going. I'm going to have to add this one to it. Add it. Add it. Uh, that's Thank great. you. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll send you more blog post ideas here in the okay. future. <laughs> uh, you know, when it comes to at, at the end of every podcast, I ask two questions. And the first question I ask is, what book or person in customer service or customer experience has influenced you the most in the past year, if possible? And then the second one is, if you could leave a note to every single customer service professional, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m., what would it say? I I don't, I'd have to think about the book piece because I'm not sure if I've read, or I guess a book or person in customer service experience. And it could be an organization. It could be somebody that you've interacted with. And I can even push it out past customer service and customer experience and just say, 
Who's impacted you the most in the past year, book or person? I can't think of an individual, but I can share a business that I am a super fan of because they do, they just are great customer service. And I do get inspired every time I shop there because of the way the employees um, treat the customers and the way that they treat each other. And I, so, and how I assume they're treated. And it's those small acts of kindness that they provide to their customers. And so it's Trader Joe's. They just do a phenomenal job and they continue to inspire me. The small little things that I experience every time I go in there or see them with other customers and how they interact and engage is inspirational. They definitely are a standard setter for providing great customer service and are a really fantastic case study because I think they put a lot of thought in how they hire and how they lead. Yeah, I, I love that. And the one question I have for you based off of that answer is if you could buy one more product from Trader Joe's and that's the last product that you could buy from Trader Joe's, what would it be? Oh, I because I have so many things I can't. I, I don't know. It's got to be something sweet. It's going to okay. be one of their cookies, but I, I don't know if I can decide just one. I love cookies and snacks. I am pretty hooked on the dill pickle chips right now. They are great after a long bike ride or a run when you need that salt. But I don't know if I'd choose them because the cookies. Can I get two products? <laughs> you, you can do two. You can cheat and do two. How about the dill pickle chips and the uh, maple cream filled cookies? There it is. Uh, finish <laughs> this episode on the way to Trader Joe's is, is my recommendation right now. Uh, I have right. did not buy either of those things on my last visit because I have been eating way too many cookies and chips lately. <laughs> <laughs> Training for the ultra, uh, Mm-hmm. Dill pickle yeah. chips. Right it's not. There. I'm not at that high in mileage yet <laughs> to do that nice. every to eat those every day. All right. Well. So and then the last one was if you could leave a note to every single customer service rep, it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at eight a.m. What would it say? Really take the time to listen to your customers. Really listen to what they're saying and they're not saying, and go have an experience as a customer. Go, whether you're in a retail environment, go experience it. Look at it through their eyes. Whether you're in a call center. Get on, listen to other people's calls, really try and understand the customer and listen to them and build empathy with them. That's what I would suggest. It's a great answer. I love it. Uh, Christine, what's the best way for my listeners to to find you, get a hold of you, connect with you? Sure. Um, feel free um, to find me on LinkedIn at Christine McHugh. And I also have a website, Christine McHugh Consulting. I do write a blog about every month. If people want to subscribe, awesome. They can get on there. Um, I've got three different Instagram accounts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't manage two of them very well, but one of them is Christine McHugh Runs. That's the one that's the most active if people are interested in running, but I do have a couple others you could kind of noodle around or, you know, nose around and find me. But I would say LinkedIn is definitely a, a, a great way as well as um, kind of hearing from me and what's going on in my, via my website. I love it. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, Best of luck in that ultra and uh, continue to eat those dill pickled chips uh, that I am now uh, writing that one down. So thanks so much for your time. (laughs) I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Nick. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing this episode with them. And last, if you would like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, you can go to press1fornick.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Press One for Nick. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share. Until next time, focus on your customers. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.